Hello, and welcome to another episode of Serendipity Girl. I'm your host, Colleen, and I'm on a quest to discover things that are true, pure, lovely, right, excellent, and worthy of praise. And I'm so glad that you've joined me in time for this Father's Day episode. And as I was putting on Facebook some pictures that I have of my father and uh, writing a little little poem, kind of celebrating my dad, who kind of got an upgrade. Yeah, not even kind of. He got an upgrade to be with Jesus in heaven when I was 24 years old. And as I was remembering things about my dad, I just thought, you know, this would be a great time to do a podcast because there's a lot of us out there that, well, yeah, all of us have a father or had a father, whether he's with us now or whether we knew him, didn't know him, enjoyed him and still enjoying him now. And if that's the case, then you are blessed. Or if he's already, um, you know, gone, this this holiday can carry a lot of emotions for people. So I just wanted to write a little poem about my dad and bring some honor to him because I don't know about you, but I'm sure if we all sit and think back, uh, there are some positive memories that we can find. And I want to be sensitive because some people may have had tenuous relationships with their father or maybe they're estranged. Maybe you're estranged from your father. Um, You know, I, I hope that everybody can celebrate Father's Day with a happy heart, but Let's be real. I mean, we live in a broken world with broken people. The Bible calls this sin, and we all are infected with this sin cancer. And you're thinking about now, okay, serendipity girl, I thought that was something about good things and and God. And yeah, well, you know, I like to kind of set you guys up with some of the more negative realities so that we can appreciate what God is doing. So it's just a giant setup here. But, you know, I just want to keep it real. And I know that Father's Day is a wonderful time to show honor, just like Mother's Day is. But, you know, it can bring kind of a, you know, if you ever went through a door that swings both ways, like in my grandmother's house, she had a door that could swing towards the dining room or towards the kitchen. And, uh, you know, sometimes you might get a little tap on your backside (laughs) as you were, uh, depending on which way you were swinging the door. I don't know. Maybe I did something wrong. Maybe y'all never had that happen, but, or maybe you're like, what is a swinging door? I've never seen a swinging door. Um, but I seem to remember that. (laughs) Maybe I just got on the wrong side of that door sometimes, but you know, holidays can be kind of like that because you know, we're, they can kind of drum up emotions that, well, are kind of like a dormant, not volcano necessarily, although it it could be like a volcano, because let's face it, we some people might have hard feelings 
in their heart or grief because they've lost their dad. Maybe it was this year. Maybe it was during COVID. Maybe it was a long time ago. Like, let's see. Oh my. It's been a lot. It's been a hot minute since I was 24. <laughs> a lot of hot minutes. <laughs> More like a hot hour. <laughs> you know? Hot day. <laughs> I don't know. How far should we take this? Um, seeing as I'm identifying as <clears throat> 16. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 16. Yeah. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. But um, I would just wish I could get the mirror to play along, you know? But anyway. I don't know what emotions Father's Day stirs up in you. Hopefully they're good ones. You know, we can always wrap ourselves in a cloak of gratitude. And for some people, it might be like, well, you didn't know my dad. Or, yeah, don't be so trite and cliche, serendipity girl, because if you knew some stories, well, that's why I want to mention to you a movie that I just saw tonight that I actually paid $6, yes, on Amazon. I don't like to pay for movies that I'm streaming at home, but this was a movie I'd heard about, maybe on Facebook, and it's called Southern Gospel. And I highly recommend it. It's got an actor who's kind of new on my radar, uh, unless you're like a big Demi Lovato fan, because apparently during COVID... I had to look this up on Wikipedia. Max Erich, I guess, might be how you say it, Erich, um, from New Jersey. How do you say it? Is it New Jersey? New Jersey? Jor- I don't know. I have to work on that. But anyway, he stars in it, and it's called Southern Gospel. And I believe you can stream it for a price quite reasonable. I mean, when can the whole family go for $6 total to see a movie? But I believe Apple TV has it. And I searched on my Roku on my smart TV and uh, we watched it on Amazon uh, Prime video and $5.99. But you get it for 30 days. I really liked it and I think it fits in really well with Father's Day. Now, for me, my memories of my dad, (laughs) the happy ones that I have, um, were he was from Buffalo, New York. And I only remember going all the way up to where he was raised. His house still stands, by the way. And I want to go see it. I have this dream trip. I want to go. Every time I, this is how it goes. I will mention to my husband, hey, sweetheart, I want to go to Buffalo. (laughs) We have this conversation every year. Now, don't get me wrong. We go to a lot of wonderful places. I'm not trying to complain, but I'm just saying I've had this dream to go to Buffalo for a while. Buffalo, New York. And I mean, it's not the prettiest city. And I can say that because my dad was from there. And boy, howdy, they're, they're winters. Ooh, not for the faint of heart. And dad used to talk about it, but my dad grew up there and he came through the great depression and boy, did that affect him. Dad never let our pantry get low ever. He 
was always the one that we were like, yes, when he went to the grocery store. And he would stop by the grocery store almost every afternoon. It was almost a stress reliever for him to leave his high-powered, high-stress job in the financial industry. And then he would stop by the store. And now when mom shopped, we were like groaning. My brother and I were like, no, dad, you can't let mom get the groceries. No, because she also came through the great depression. And you want to talk about East West on how they handled coming through that trauma. I mean, they both went through the great depression and then they both went through World War II and both participated. Mom uh, sang to wounded veterans who had come back, who were in, um, what do you say, VA, VA hospitals, and had a stage name. I mean, she hit the road at 18, figured out how to sing on a Sure microphone, and figured out how to get paid for singing torch songs and playing a mean jazz piano and uh, she got involved with the USO in some capacity not I don't know that she she might have met Bob Hope I think maybe I'm not sure but dad uh, went off like all the boys his age the young men actually they grew up pretty fast back then Um, poverty starving during the Great Depression brutal winters in Buffalo, New York, where they were socked in and couldn't get out of their house for like a week. Hello. So my Navy World War II destroyer escort dad, who joined the Navy probably at 18. I don't know if he fudged his age or not. That was mom's story and she was sticking to it. I don't know, but that's what she said. And um, I don't know how he could fudge it, but he did. And um, he could play a mean game of Monopoly. I mean, somehow he always got Park Place. And is it Boardwalk? I think it's Boardwalk. You know, the two most expensive properties that you just, your heart just kind of stopped beating for a second when you landed on those. Because Dad would get them every single time. And he would put houses and I mean my goodness just one house on both of those if he got the monopoly which he always did I don't know how he just did and then if he ever put more houses and oh lord help you if you got if he got a hotel it was it was lights out for you if he got a hotel so we would be rolling the dice just praying that we'd get to that magic go and past past dad's property and it didn't happen that much. We, we, we landed on his property. I don't know why. Maybe he gave us loaded dice. I don't know. No, surely not. My father wouldn't have done that. But, um, and no, no, he didn't do that. But he could make a mean SOS, which I asked a friend who is also a Navy veteran. Um, he thought I was asking what SOS stands for, like, if you're in trouble. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm talking about like the creamy corned beef concoction on toast. And and he's like, oh yeah, you're talking about mm, on a, mm. <laughs> something on a sandwich, I think. Uh, or a, a shingles on a, I don't, I don't know. The word shingles, I, I think there's all kinds of euphemisms for what it really meant, but <laughs> it, it did look like, well, poop on a platter. <laughs> but they didn't call it 
P-O-P. They call it an S-O-S. So dad can make a mean one of those. And uh, his financial institution that he worked at was uh, on Main Street in a small town in a little suburb. Uh, It's not even a suburb. It's still a small little dinky town uh, in the shadow of Atlanta. Or Atlanta, as we like to say. And he would let my mom drop me off at his office and torment his poor employees. <laughs> now, I talked to my godmother, who is 94, and she assured me, I mean, her mind is tight, 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 tight. Um, she is showing a little bit of signs of getting older, but I mean, hey, she's 94. Still looks great. And I asked her, I asked my godmother, I said, I know I drove you guys crazy because they would let me do whatever. I don't know why mom did this, but even though my mom was a stay-at-home mom and my brother, who was six years older than me, um, we were in school. (laughs) So she did have like the entire day to do whatever, (laughs) but she always seemed to schedule hair appointments or whatever after school and or she'd be going someplace, I don't know where, she'd drop me off where my dad worked. And he was, you know, in a leadership position. And so these co-workers that worked for him had no choice. But they became my aunts and uncles. And, and my godmother and my godfather. And uh, we weren't even Catholic. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I was like, why, why do I have a godmother and godfather? But it was great. It was, it was great and awesome. And I would just sit there and type on the typewriter, just type nonsense, total nonsense. And they were just trying to keep me busy because apparently I had a lot of energy. And uh, they're like, oh, yeah, you're doing a great job. Keep going. Keep going. Oh, wow, that's a beautiful letter. <laughs> and I'm just like, blah, 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 <laughs> on the typewriter. <laughs> it was pretty stupid. But, oh, and then they let me play with the, um, oh, what do you call that? You know, I can't think. It's the calculator that you hit all the buttons on and and it does a running total and then you can print it out and all that. I'm so sorry. It's late. I was up late last night and now I thought, hey, instead of going to sleep, I'm going to do a podcast because the house is quiet, you know, and um, I'll probably regret this in the morning. But when thoughts hit me, hey, they hit me. And sometimes it takes the house calming down. You ever find yourself like that where sometimes... You do some of your best thinking early in the morning or late at night when you don't have all these electronic devices controlling things or distracting. So the things I remember about my dad is he would always take me to the Fountain Drug Store. And I was so mad at Village Burger when they came in and they just uh, renovated that place and it was literally called the Fountain Drug Store. I, I thought it was just because they had a, a fountain jerk, uh, what do you call it, fountain soda fountain there. Um, but the dude's last name, the pharmacist, his last name, the owner was Fountain. <laughs> really? Wow. And uh, those Village Burger people just came in and just raised the inside of that place and tore down that counter that, oh, it was so retro. I mean, it was really retro. Uh, counter that my dad and I used to, he'd go there for lunch every day. Every day he'd go there for lunch, walk down there. He knew them all on a first name basis. It was just that kind of small town. And my dad ran his business. It wasn't his business, but he was a leader there. And he had some sway. And everybody knew him by first name. 
He was just that kind of leader. And uh, he just, I really looked up to him. Uh, I mean, he was a soldier. He watched the Atlanta Braves when they totally sucked. I mean, totally sucked. He would stay up and watch them. And um, I wish I'd spent more time watching those baseball games with him. I didn't know he was going to bolt for heaven when I was 24. He almost checked out when I was uh, 17 and a senior in high school because he, his father lived to be 42. He managed to live longer, but smoking three packs of cools a day did not help his case. And we didn't know. Nobody knew back then. And I grew up around all that and nobody knew that <laughs> all that smoke was bad for you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I think vaping is just as bad, honestly. They're going to tell us that probably in about five years. They're probably going to say, yeah, it's just as bad. So, uh, heads up. <laughs> nicotine is nicotine, y'all. <laughs> don't buy, don't buy what they're selling there out there because it's, it's all bad. So, but I remember my dad loved FO, which is uh, slang at the varsity. The varsity was a great, famous, still is, dive of a restaurant, um, hole well, it's not it's a big hole in the wall iconic if you go to the number one school in Georgia and yes I am of course I'm referring to Georgia Tech yes I know you you were surprised yeah no 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 not that other school um there was a, a guy that flunked out of Georgia Tech so if you're ever in Atlanta you gotta stop by the varsity because it was his revenge <laughs> Not really, but that's what they say. It was his revenge. I think his name is Gordy. Um, because he flunked out of Georgia Tech. So he just went across the street and uh, he didn't let failing out of college stop him. And he went on to create a hamburger, hot dog, onion rings, greasy. <laughs> they used to serve everything on a conveyor belt and here would come your chili cheese and they're really good they still serve them pimento chili cheese hot dogs and my husband likes them with raw onions uh i just like them with the chili which resembles well i want y'all to come and see this place i'll let you see what it resembles but it's really good it, it is a you. It is a must-have when you come to Atlanta. If you want to get a feel for what Atlanta feels like, you gotta go to the varsity. Okay, so don't say I never tell you anything interesting on Serendipity Girl. Not that you're saying that, but it it is. Yes, it is. The you must stop there. So they have all this slang, and when you come in the door, they're like, "What do you have? What do you have? What do you have?" And uh, they used to have these. I don't know if they still do or not. You could pull up like in your convertible or whatever and get, um, you know, guys to come out. And I don't know that girls were there originally, but guys would come out and take your order and serve you. And, um, they had this famous guy, his name eludes me, but they have a big picture of him. Just a sweet, sweet African, uh, American man who I think worked there almost until his dying day. And he loved it, and everybody loved him. So, so many memories there. Even if you don't go to Georgia Tech or don't know anybody who did, it it's just a wonderful restaurant, and there's so many things you can see in downtown Atlanta. Awesome things, like the Margaret Mitchell House. But I digress. So, my dad loved to F.O., which is a frost, I think it's frosted orange. 
But he also liked the PC. Yeah. Which, I don't know. I think it's, it's something chocolate. What does the P stand for? I should know that. But anyway, it's called PC. And it's chocolate milk. And But he loved the F.O. And he really took to the South, even though he's from the North. Uh, once he got out of Buffalo, he, he never wanted to go back, which kind of caused problems for him with his family, I think, because he was, as my mom liked to say all the time, with her highly, highly embellished Southern accent when she was laying it on thick, she'd say, yes, I married a Yankee. And I'm like, please, Mom, we, we haven't talked like that since... Uh, since the great war between the states was over but my mom loved to <laughs> tell the stories about how uh, she met a, a yankee and and he chased her for eight years which he did and um i think he asked her to marry him after the third date and she's like but hardy you haven't even told me that you love me <laughs> now my mom didn't really talk like that <laughs> I'm just embellishing a little bit, but she could when she wanted to tell the story. Let's put it that way. So I'm just carrying on the tradition, okay? So we really don't talk like that, y'all. Um, we really don't. I, I mean, I, I hear more redneck than anything, but not too often do you hear a good old-fashioned southern accent unless somebody's just putting on. We just don't talk like that, but people like to think that we do. Yeah, just have some old fried chicken, honey. So anyway, um, my father was an awesome man, and I know you guys have had an awesome father too, or at least one or two or 5,000 things you can remember about your father. So the biggest thing about my dad that I want to tell y'all is that at Christmas time, oh my goodness, you have to imagine a young boy growing up who was five years old, five, when the Great Depression hit. And the winters were already brutal. And when you don't have money for things, some things have to go by the wayside. I don't know if their gas if they didn't have money for their gas bills or what. But he remembered. I asked him once, I said, Dad, what, what, what's with your fixation on grocery shopping? Like, you, you go, like, every day. And he would always buy whatever he saw on TV, which we loved. It's like the latest Pop-Tart, Pop-Tart, not Pop-Tart, Pop-Tart flavors. He loved to bring those home. And then he'd sneak them. And then to keep Mom from fussing, he would eat both of them, and hide the wrapper underneath the cushion in the chair. (laughs) So, yeah, so I think I get my sugar, my love of sugar from my dad, because mom was over there popping these uh, weight reduction candies that would take your appetite away. She tried to give those to me, too, because I was pleasantly plump as a child. Yes, I was, and um, I've had a few more battles with it as an adult, but uh, I, I like food, and food likes me. But, you know, Dad's over there <laughs> popping Pop-Tarts <laughs> when Mom's not around. <laughs> Go, Dad. But uh, it was just our little secret. Uh, I'm sure she probably found the wrappers <laughs> underneath <laughs> the cushion. And while I'm outing my dad, I might as well out myself. Um, also, when we got ready to move, uh, my mom turned the kitchen table over. Uh, for some reason, and found the treasure mine. Now, y'all, just get... I hope you're not eating right now. (laughs) If you are, just finish that bite. (laughs) 
<laughs> and then I'm going to out my dad. I'm going to out my brother and me. Uh, apparently, both my brother and I had this really bad childhood habit of... <laughs> I'm sorry. Of... <laughs> Well, let's just say that when our nose got a little full, we would just, you know, stick our finger up our nose and whatever, whatever we happened to see would just kind of uh, serendipitously, no, no, not serendipitously, that is the wrong word, surreptitiously, let's get our, let's get our words right here, surreptitiously, uh, we, it would just wind up underneath the table and where it would stay for posterity. <laughs> I do not want to know what my mother did with that table and what thrift store got that thing and they got ready to sell it and somebody takes it home and turns it over, you know, to clean it or something and goes, what the? <laughs> and then my brother Charles and I, that, that was our contribution <laughs> to the table. So now that you know how weird my family is, okay, well, yeah, okay, you go ahead and laugh. You're right. Yeah, and like it was a big surprise. But that, that, I want to get back to special moments of my dad because you're like, how did you get to boogers under a table? I just want to know. Well, I don't know myself, but well, Pop Tarts, follow the trail here. It's like a heffalump trail. Come on, people. You can follow this trail. So, <laughs> I mean, I can't. <laughs> Why can't you? <laughs> so, I'm laughing. I'm laughing with you. <laughs> so, my father. More than the Pop-Tarts, more than the buying all the groceries, which he bought, by the way, because he said he remembered being hungry during the Great Depression as a young boy. And he was never going to go through that again. And that was how he coped. And, uh... Yeah, mom, mom bought generic K-Cola. And we're like, please, mom, for the love of all that is holy, please don't let mom go to the grocery store, dad. She buys generic everything. And this is back when generic really wasn't that good. <laughs> At least in the stores that we were going to. Maybe they have finessed it since then. You know, I don't know. But um, dad always got the real thing, you know. But at Christmas time, even before he had kids and... <laughs> he went from zero to two. My parents were never planning on having children. They had come to some sort of a pact <laughs> that they were never going to have children, which kind of makes me sad. But I have to say honestly that once God surprised them with that whole uh, man may make his plans, but God directs your steps. <laughs> once they adopted their nephew at two years of age, Charles, um, my cousin became my older brother. And then I made a surprise. Um, really bad rhythm appearance. I always told mom, mom, you may be a musician, but you have really bad rhythm. And um, that's that's my really bad drum beat. I will not forsake my day career to go be with pentatonics. I know you're surprised. I am too. But no, I'm not. I'm not gonna audition for them. But yeah, that was my bad joke drum but dad before he even went from zero to one and he really felt like he didn't have much of a choice because they both prayed about it for a whole week and they were crying a lot because they really wanted to stay as they were and but I gotta tell you once God took them from zero to one then to two I gotta say my dad really embraced the role 
And my mom did too. I mean, there were times that I could tell. (laughs) I spent a lot of time with my grandmother and a lot of time at my dad's work. But they were good parents. I'm not going to throw them under the bus. They were good parents. And I think, you know, I'm just saying, I mean, we've all been there. There's times where we're like, you know, we love our kids. (laughs) But sometimes, as Southwest Airlines likes to say, you want to get away. (laughs) So... I understand that. That's probably one of the world's best marketing phrases for any kind of business, you know, because I'm sure it. that's why they've used it so long. But at Christmas time, my dad became the biggest child you've ever seen. And I think I get what is now a more fully blooming generosity and a love for gifts from him. And at Christmas time, he had control of the budget for buying presents for clients you know back in the days when you got your clients a really hefty fruit or Pepperidge Farm he loved Pepperidge Farm Pepperidge Farm gift baskets you know the fancy kind of things that you you now kind of see at Costco with you know they're stacked real high well dad would just when I was at his office um at Christmas time he had so many employees that were playing like elves And uh, our church does this thing called Hope for Christmas. Well, my dad's office became like a Hope for Christmas. (laughs) Except, you know, they were gifts for clients. and But for his employees. uh, But that whole place just became like Santa's workshop. The whole month of December. Because I would say, what you doing? And they're like, oh, we're wrapping presents. Your dad has this wrapping presents for clients. And I mean, it, it beat the heck out of their normal stuff. I'm sure they enjoyed the... The respite from their normal, you know, financial duties. And, you know, everybody loves a break. And, I mean, who doesn't enjoy, you know, being around presents and wrapping them? And Dad was such a sucker, he bought me a Raggedy Ann and Andy that some sweet lady was making, homemade. And she came hawking at his office. And he bought them for me because he knew I loved them. And uh, I still have them. And I gave them to my kids. And so now they're in a box waiting for grandchildren to arrive. And I mean, you know, they're kind of old, but they were special to me. But dad, before he had kids, before he got the nice job at the financial place, he um, had a big picture window in his home and in their home. And he would, after a long day at work, come home and don, and this is so what I like to do too. I take after my mom a lot, but I take after my dad too. He just was a big jokester and he loved to do things like this. He would dress up as Santa Claus and he would literally stand in the picture window with the Christmas tree and the music blaring outside for people to hear. And he would wave and do his Santa ho 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 thing to anybody who would walk by or drive by. Now, this was a busy executive under a lot of pressure. And I think it was just something that he loved to do. And he loved Waffle House. So, well, obviously I could go on, but you have so many memories. And I encourage you to remember the good things. You know, even if you have to look hard, you can always find something good. Ask God to help you if you're estranged. And you know, this movie that I saw called 
Southern Gospel. And it came out this year. And again, you can see it on Amazon Prime and I think on Apple, on the Apple TV app. Just search on your Roku. You can look, look it up, see where you can see it on your smart TV. I think it's a solid story. And I loved the themes of imperfect people, imperfect Christians, uh, learning to find grace in the midst of some bad theology that results in legalism, you know, like trying to reduce a relationship with Jesus Christ down to just a list of rules that you think you have some hope of following. And then judging the tar out of anybody who doesn't keep the same rules that you've grabbed out of all the things that God said in the Bible. And by the way, let me insert here. God has always been about a relationship. And yes, our pastor says, and wisely so, and point well taken, that, you know, we don't want to go so far as to say, well, it's just a relationship. There are rules. There are rules. But where people go wrong with Christianity is when they start to exalt the rules as a means of getting God to forgive them because they think that they've achieved some sort of goodness or that he's going to be somehow so pleased with their performance. That's legalism. That's what's called legalistic righteousness. And the Apostle Paul, who was Saul, who went around murdering Christians uh, indirectly, he's the one that was like narking on them, you know, and saying, hey, there's a Christian. And, you know, people would haul him off and then they would get um, (sighs) tortured or maybe they'd lose their life. Uh, He was there when Stephen was being stoned to death. He was there. (laughs) And... He says in Philippians, listen, if you want to talk about someone who kept all the rules like a Pharisee, and that was, you know, the people who kept the rules the best, but then they would completely blow it at things like loving. They would say to their poor parents who were homeless, oh, sorry, the money that... And Jesus called them on this. The money that I wish I could give you, Mom and Dad, well, I've earmarked it to give to God. And and Jesus was just livid about this in a righteous way. He was just like, dudes. Now, I don't know which translation says dudes, but he's like, dudes, you've totally, you've missed the boat. You've just walked off the pier and you're just like sinking here. You know, I mean, yeah, you look great on the outside, but you stink like rotten dead deadness inside. And so this movie, Southern Gospel, deals with a lot of those themes. And and you'll find yourself feeling a lot of different emotions. It deals with how do you forgive? How do you reconcile the goodness of a God who proves his goodness and his love for you by sending his own son, who was also God, to the cross to die for your sins so he can save you, how do you reconcile that with the tragedies that happen in everybody's life if you live long enough? 
things from the good, the bad, to the ugly, to the horrific, to the things that still keep you up at night or that you cannot get over. And you will see characters in the movie grappling with things that they cannot get over, whether it's addictions or emotional hurts, wounds that are still festering, trying to forgive, um, staying on the straight and narrow with God's help as a Christian, but then backsliding, as we say, um, or, or just not being saved to begin with because for various reasons and prodigal son i mean they've they've packed a lot of really relevant issues that people that will resonate with people and i think they handled it in a good way and it's got some singing in it and it's good but i want to leave you with this thought you know, maybe Father's Day is tough for you because you're fatherless. Well, I want to encourage you. And maybe you're fatherless because, one, maybe your father died. And you let had to let go of your father way before you were ready. Not that we're ever really ready. But, I mean, I was 24. There are some people, like Lucille Ball, one of my favorite actresses, who never really knew her father. She didn't know him very well because she was four when he died and unexpectedly and then when her mother remarried just out of necessity she went up to this man and said are you my new daddy can I call you daddy and he looked at her and said no just call me Eddie and then she was shipped off to his parents house because he didn't want Lucille's mom He just wanted Lucille's mom, his wife. He did not want her kids. So I don't know if that's your situation. I don't know what has caused you to be fatherless. Maybe you never knew your father for whatever reason. But you know what? God says in Psalm 68 verse 5 that God is a father to the fatherless. He's a defender of widows is God in his holy dwelling. Let's say that again. A father to the fatherless, a defender of widows. You know, when Jesus came to earth, he was talking a lot about the poor. Love the poor. Give money to the poor. Share what you have. But he talked an awful lot about the fatherless and widows He left instructions. One of the last things he said on the cross was he called John, very young disciple, and he looked at his mother from the cross and said, from now on, John, this is your mother. Mom, from now on, John is your son. He wanted to make sure that his mom was taken care of. And she was a widow. And you'll see it all through the scriptures, and you'll see it all through the Old Testament how God just has a special place in his heart for the fatherless and those who have lost their husband, you know, lost their spouse. He has a, but widows especially because in many of those societies, um, not only did she lose the love of her life, but she lost, the widow would lose her financial standing and sometimes her home. And... 
you know, that's why it's such a big deal to him. So, happy Father's Day. Go give your father a hug and a kiss. And if you're estranged from your father, pray about, is this the time to maybe take a step towards your father? You know, I'm just wrapped up production and narration on an audiobook that will soon be out on Audible called Scars by Linda K. Rodante, K as in the initial. And if you like audiobooks, go to Audible or you can look up Colleen Weaver on the internet, Colleen Weaver narrator, or go to Audible and search for my name, Colleen Weaver, and look for the series that starts with Warrior, then Roar, then Fire, and then I hope by... In about three weeks to a month, I hope, because they're turning them around faster, I hope to have book four out. And the author is writing book five. But it's called Scars, and it deals a lot with a lot of these issues about fathers and estranged relationships. And like Stephen Curtis Chapman says in his song, Love Now, which that song is etched into my mind ever since a good friend of mine from college died unexpectedly this year and she was my age so that's probably the one of the first people my age that we've lost unexpectedly or even expectedly um you know it's it's mostly been parents right but i i lost a good friend and so that song love now don't wait till the clock runs out There are things that I wish I had done with my father before he passed away. But I'm just encouraging you and myself as well. If you have any estranged relationships with a father, I think I can't can't tell you anything except what I think God says. That he wants us to love. And the kind of love that he showed for us when we sinned against him and were horrific enemies of his, according to Ephesians 2, was that he, it says in Romans, God shows this kind of love, his kind of love, his agape kind of love, which is unconditional for us in this. How did he show it? While we were still sinning, as in not repentant, as in I don't give a you know what, you know, he died for us. So I'm going to leave you with that. Have a wonderful Father's Day. And until next time, have a serendipitous day.